Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Get the Flick Out of Here. Uh, I'm your host, Alex Pulaski. With me, as always, is Kate. Kate, um, I brought this movie to you with the idea that <clears throat> we've been we've been we've been reviewing a lot of stinkers. Recently. We have. And actually, I, I went back and looked at the most recent stuff, and I actually thought a couple of weeks ago that I was doing the same thing. I I actually thought with nothing but trouble that it was going to be weird, but ultimately good. No, it's a bad movie. Um, no, I bad. wanted I wanted to review a movie because the whole thing we've been we've been stuck on the whole bad thing but it wasn't always supposed to be bad movies we were watching just weird and then i think the whole point became does the weirdness make it a bad movie or does the the um the weirdness uh make it a good movie basically like the idea of that and i think we've been we've been jumping into just canonically bad movies and then well, you know, because weird it, it presents itself in a few ways satire for sure mm-hmm. um weird and bad because it was mm-hmm. terrible and weird and bad because it took a risk that just swig and yeah. miss yeah um this to me was like an amalgamation of all three of those things so i i have mixed feelings on it you have this bad feelings no no it's i i we also talked about how the movie is big trouble little china um uh we both know we must have seen it at some point in our lives yes i have pinpointed it down to when i saw it i have no idea i was in college that's all I know. At some point in the four years I attended Seton Hall University, it, it, I saw this. It it would have been sometime between the ages of eleven and thirteen. Okay. Um, it would have been. Uh, I would have been shown this movie uh, by a friend uh, whose name was Josh, who had an older brother, who showed him a bunch of stuff that he shouldn't have seen or whatever. Like I was probably maybe. 10 and a half, 11, the first time I saw Predator, because my, my buddy Josh had me watch it. I was not, I was like, you know, but the, like, okay, so like, the, I think a lot of boys have that friend who's got an older brother, and if not, maybe you were that friend who's got an older brother, who who, who showed them stuff they might not have been able to, ready to see, and then showed all their friends. So I think it was during that glorious middle school time period where I was like, oh, you haven't seen it? Oh, my brother loves this movie. And then we would watch it. And that's 30 years ago, which explains why I didn't remember too much of it. And the stuff I did remember is the stuff that 12-year-old me would have been like, this is awesome! Uh, Did you see him? He's flying through the air and kicking a guy who's dressed like Raiden from Mortal Kombat! Um, And... 43-year-old me knows that's not enough to sustain a film. Correct. And and that's and and so I believe 12-year-old me loved the movie because 12-year-old me hadn't fully developed his brain yet to right. ask questions 
about what the hell is going on. <laughs> and 43-year-old me has, has developed a psychosis in which that's all he can do is ask what the hell is going on because that's basically what I've been doing for a living the past five, six years is just ask what the hell is going on. And I can't stop myself from doing that. And also, like, when the answers aren't readily available, it, it gives me a crazy amount of anxiety, which then I, I reinterpret into rage. So I, I, I watched this movie just going, what the hell is going on? Rewind the thing. Watch it again. I still don't, I don't know. want to talk about Let's the movie. rewind it again. And what's going on? And I can't do it. And it just made me, it made me very angry. I've been watching it again for like the fourth time in three days this morning. I still don't know what the fuck is going on. I don't want to talk about the movie. I just really want to get more into the psychology of how Alex watches things so bad. But we are here to re review the movie. You are remarkably consistent in that. My, if there's a flow chart, like this movie definitely asks what the hell is going on. You could go the Alex route of that doesn't get answered. And then I get anxious and rageful. You could go the route of, um, it doesn't matter. And I kind of go up the middle somewhere of like, I should know what's going on. But also some of this is just hilarious and I don't care. So I, I vary in that flow chart. I am not consistent. This was at various points. I was like, this is bad, but this is the second time we've gotten like a ridiculous wheelchair yeah. spot, Alex. Yeah. And mm -hmm. like probably two of the best insane wheelchair spots in cinematic history. And we've gotten mm -hmm. to cover them both within probably a four week period. Right. We're just blessed. I will, I will say this. Um, if they had bothered to actually try and explain what was going on in a, in a, in a way that was like, listen, satisfactorily to me like if I was like I know what's going on this would be a great movie do you know what the most important thing a movie can do <laughs> it's like, you know, tell me what the <laughs> fuck is going on and if you don't do that well then everything else about your movie doesn't matter That's the thing is like, if I don't know what's going on, I can't enjoy your quips. I can't enjoy your chop sake. I can't enjoy any of it because I don't know what the fuck is going on. Tell me what's going on. Like, that's the thing. And that's the thing is what and I, I give a movie a half hour to like give me atmosphere to let me not understand what's going on. And then they got to let me know what's going on. Now, it's not like a movie that's like, oh, here's a twist at the end. We're not going to tell you what's going on until the end. The, here's the biggest thing about this. The movie is a fish out of water story. Jack Burton, played by Kurt Russell, is, is, is our envoy into this world. He is, especially because this movie, this movie was made, you know, uh, 30 years ago, 35, 37 years ago. Um, he is the white man in the mystic world of the Orient is right. our, the audience, because the audience at this point in time is always white. The, the white audience, that's who we're writing movies for. Probably the white male audience. 
doesn't know what this is about. So you have a white male who goes into that world and we kind of see the world through that eye, right? So many times in this movie, our envoy, so us, Jack Burton, asks, just tell me what the hell is going on. Nobody does. And that's a fatal flaw because like your main character wants to know. Your main character, who is us, wants to know what the hell is going on, and nobody tells him. And that is very frustrating to a man with my kind of OCD. Like, like, no, 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 this is your main character. He's the most important thing in this movie. You've told me many times. He wants to know what's going on. Therefore, I want to know what's going on. When you tell him no, that's really mean. Just tell him what's going on, man. I don't get it so weird i don't want to say anything for this whole review i just want to watch you spiral so bad but hey we do these live now so we should also remind the people that if you want to talk about this weird little film you can Mm -hmm. send a super chat or a chat at kynchats.com and you could but i have have no idea how to log into the kynchats.com oh well then don't do that don't do that that. that. Super super chats only yeah yeah. Uh, and please leave a yeah. thumbs up on this video so that somebody will see mm-hmm. this and we will ruin their day because Alex is going to be so mad. But this, what's funny about this is you mentioned this with a few of them. Like this movie, when we when you suggested it initially, I was like, are we going to do dot, 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 a good movie? Because it was mm-hmm. like there's it, four and a half stars on IMDb. Usually what we have is ones and fives. There are very few people that for most of the stuff we're watching in the middle, because of what you said earlier, because it's weird. So there are people who love the weirdness and they're giving it a five or there are people that are like, this is only weird and terrible. It's a one. Mm -hmm. This was like somewhere in the middle for most of them. So this is kind of, I guess, other than Greece, this is the first movie that we're doing that's kind of beloved that we're probably going to tear into a little bit. Right. Um, the the movie sure. the movie when it came out uh, was a was a box office failure, and got bad reviews. And I'm here to tell you they were right. And <laughs> the the interceding 37 years have only proven that the, the 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 newer generations are dumb, and boomers were right about everything as 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 exhibited by the reaction oh, to this hold movie. On. The boomers were right. I've been so hard on my parents, but they, their generation was right about everything because they were right about this movie and everybody who was born after it or came of age after it is wrong about everything. So there Back you go. Back when I movie mean, reviewers were men. That's right. Okay, so um, I will say I really enjoyed the first 20 minutes of this movie. I was only able to watch the first 20 minutes of this movie before having to turn it off. Um, so I was like, this is going to be great. Can't wait to turn back into this movie and 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 you know see what's going on from from there from there on because the twenty minute first twenty minutes are great. They are. They really are. Like it, it's 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 a it's a really interesting premise for a film that um that that then just falls apart because because Kim Cattrall is in it and she's awful. Like I mean, really she really really like. But I here's the thing. I believe. So many things I hate about this movie aren't mistakes. They're intentional. And yes. And that's the thing for me. It's like, oh, it's a B movie on purpose. Well, B doesn't stand for bad. You understand? Like, it, I mean, like it's, it does. 
Like, I mean, it, it doesn't. It's, <laughs> like, it's a B movie on purpose. And so I, I, I get that. But, like, I've watched a lot of B movies. They, they attempt to explain themselves. They don't throw characters out of the blue in there for no reason. Like, uh, we'll talk about it. I, I will wanna, say wanna... overall, though, I felt like every other actor was in on the bit. And I feel like Kim Cattrall was just not very good. Like, I feel like Kurt Russell in this knew exactly what he was doing, where I feel like Kim Cattrall didn't know how to play her character, which I kind of can't play her for because it's a real weird character. Everything um, else is weird. Everything in this movie is weird. Jack Russell, I'm oh, sorry, Kurt Russell plays, not Jack Russell, that's a terrier. Kurt <laughs> Russell plays Jack Burton. Okay. Jack Burton is a truck driver. Jack Burton is also <laughs> Jack the first. Russell, that's a terrier killed me. <laughs> <but> go ahead. <laughs> Jack Burton is a truck driver. He drives the Pork Chop Express. There's graffiti, not graffiti, it's intentional. Somebody did art, probably commissioned. It says Pork Chop Express on the side of his big rig. He he uh, he he transports pigs, hogs. Um, so he's the Pork Chop Express. Uh, he is also the world's first podcast bro, because driving through a through a storm at night, uh, he's on the CB. He's like, "Hey everybody, this is Jack Burton talking to whoever can hear me right now." Who who is that? If is not podcaster, and all he does is like, you know, my third ex wife used to say, and he just. It's just a stream of consciousness about nothing. Doesn't know if anybody's out there listening. Doesn't care. He's just talking. He's the world's first podcast, bro. So immediately I gravitate to him. Um, <laughs> uh, <coughs> um, but he, uh, so this is how we're introduced to him. It's a very blowhard-ish. Um, he gets to the market uh, at Chinatown, San Francisco. And uh, he unloads his stock. Everyone's, you know, gets out of there. But then overnight, he sits at a table with a bunch of Asian guys and plays Fantan, which is a which is a, a, a number counting game. You can do it with dominoes or, in this case, beans. And you grab a handful, and then somebody you got to bet if it's odd or even, and they drop it down, and then you count it. <clears throat> And if you bet it was even and it's even, then you win, blah, blah, blah. So by the end of this, Jack is on the craziest run of luck ever because he's won $1,146 playing Fantan, which is really hard because you've got to be right over and over and over again. (laughs) Um, Not only like a lot of times, but like back to back to back to back without losing. Um, So so he's playing with a bunch of people and then it's all, now it's morning. And the guy he's across from him is, is a guy named Wang. Now, I don't know. I didn't... Okay, no. The movie doesn't need to do it. I need it. I need to know... I need, because this is, again, my, my OCD. I need to know Jack Burton and Wang. I need to know how they met, how long they've known each other their previous adventures because because I believed these guys were acquaintances who gamble together. Apparently they're like best friends. And I just, I would like to know more. I'm not saying they can't be best friends. 
I'm saying I'd like to know their history. Did they go to high school together? Like, I don't, I don't know who's like who these these guys. I don't, I don't think so because he said he left five years ago from China. So I don't think they went to high school together. So what I'm saying is that this relationship um, is intriguing to me, and I would like to know more about it. I would like to subscribe to this relationship's newsletter. Let me know what's happening between these two gentlemen, and they never do. They never even attempt to. We're supposed to take it on faith that these guys who appear to be slightly adversarial gambling partners um, uh, are also like best friends for a number of years. And I, I want to know more about that. And I don't, I think the movie, I think the movie owes it to us, but I think a lot of people will just go with it because I, You'd be surprised to know. I'm very rarely can I just go with it. No. Yeah. You might be surprised. I'll I'll create a backstory for you. They Mm. are tag team champions and they are going to not be besties uh, in the near future. No, that's fair. I also was this, this wasn't pre credits, was it? This was like kind of in the beginning of the movie. This was right up. Well, he he drives through the credits. He he parks. The, they, they have an establishing of what the Chinese uh, China the Chinatown market is, and then he starts playing gambling. And by the end of the credits, he's just taking everybody's money. Okay, I, the only reason that I wanted to clarify that was because the proper like first scene of the movie I thought was really 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 good when it's like the police sitting down. Um, so I, I that's why I wanted to make sure I had my sequence right. But you can continue. Um, the, uh, Wang wants to win the money back $1,146 and he says nothing or double. I don't know why he said, doesn't say double or nothing, which is the proper way to say that phrase. Nothing or double is inverted for no reason, but they do it anyway. And I don't know, whatever it's double or nothing. So he says nothing or double. Um, I will slice this bottle in half with this knife. It's a machete of some kind. Um, and if I do it, then I win your money. And if I don't, then I have to pay you Duh. twice that amount. Um, and Jack agrees. And I actually, I mean, I, I like this where he's like, okay, fine, cool. But not that bottle, because that bottle might be rigged. I don't trust you. The, I don't trust you, my very best friend in the world. Here, here's this bottle. I'll drink the rest of it. You do this one. Um, he also says, he's like, hey, Jack, I need the money, Jack. Jack, I need the money. Um, which never comes up again. Why he No, we don't money. know why he needs the money. Um, and uh, he says, you're, you're a, you own a restaurant. You're doing better than me. So which is it? Does he need the money because he's in hock from all of his gambling losses to the Chinese mafia? Um, or, or does he own a restaurant and he's fine? Like one of those things got to be true because we only give or we're only given two perspectives. So one of them has to be true. We never find out which one it is because the movie doesn't care. The movie doesn't. Movie says you don't need to know this. I do because I'm a freak. I need to know which one of these two things is correct because it informs how I look at the rest of the movie. I'm sorry, it just does. I can't stop my brain from overthinking. That is who I am. Those, so, those are all. That's also not just overthinking. Those are that is fair because. Especially this early on, because you're supposed to be establishing things of, like, relationships and why someone would need the money. Like, those are all things that 
um, I think are, are fair criticisms based on the fact that this is the beginning of the movie. We should be establishing things like that. So mm-hmm. and that's not just your OCD. Even if it doesn't bug someone, that doesn't mean that they shouldn't go out of their way to do it. Um. Anyway, um, he tries to hit the bottle with the thing. He sure does. <laughs> he does not slice a glass bottle to no one's surprise because I'm pretty sure that wouldn't happen. Um, uh, but, uh, instead he hits it and it flies out from underneath the, uh, the machete right at Jack's face and Jack is able to reach up and catches it. And he says, it's on the reflexes that will come in handy later because one of the things that I did, I actually really do love about the movie is that Jack Burton is a truck driver. Yes. They never say ever that like, oh, he's a former Marine who was dishonorably discharged because he doesn't like authority. And now he's a truck driver, which is how he can handle himself in a fight. Cause he doesn't cause he can't cause he's a blowhard. Who's who's uh, who's got an overdeveloped sense of self-confidence for no reason. Like he's like, he can't handle himself in a fight. He doesn't know how to shoot guns. He, he doesn't know like none of this stuff. But he does have super fast reflexes, and that will come in handy at the end of the movie. But what that's one thing I love about the movie is they don't make him into some kind of awesome, invulnerable, know-it-all action hero. He's just he's just a blowhard douchebag truck driver. And I think that actually works. It's actually endearing every time he clutches his way into missing out on a fight or something. Um, it's always funny because he so badly wants to be the hero of this movie, um, it, even though he's not at all trained for it. I, think I do love that. Um, I was just looking at my notes because I forgot what I said. But I was like, he acts like Rambo, but backs none of it up. Like, he, <laughs> like there are parts of this where he has that persona, like you were saying. But the fact that, like, it, it's it's inherently fun to do an action movie where the the main character of it is not good at the thing that it's kind of built around like that is funny Mm. to me (laughs) yeah and you're Um, right if you're not gonna like we have complaints about the unjustified things in the beginning right right? but then like here they have not gone down the unjustified path of why this guy would be good at fighting which is just fun right Right. (laughs) uh break do do you have our first um super chat uh ogre says this movie is still a fun cult classic. Can't wait to see what The Rock does with the sequel. Hold on. What? Wait, hold on. What? What The Rock does with the sequel? Have I been out of the loop on this? Much love and always say F Twitter. Okay. Yeah, sure. <laughs> That's true. Um, I will say something about uh, cult classics. It's bad to be in a cult. Cults are bad. It's true. Um, Except for the, the Sauerkraut Society, which is perfect. Right. But, no, I'm just saying, like, like when we say things are cult classics, we mean a very small, fanatical group of people will follow this thing to their death. You shouldn't do that with this movie. Or any movie, I would say. Uh, you can say, I like this movie, but, but the idea of it being a cult classic is always looked at as a good thing. This is the only time we look at a thing called a cult and say it's good <laughs> is when a group of people like a movie. That's a, I was saying anyway. Um, 
So I also have to say, before we dive too much deeper into this, this is supposed to be largely, it's a, a blend of The Thing, Halloween, and Escape from New York. I have seen none of those three movies. <clears throat> so therefore, <laughs> like any of the like smushing together of oh, yeah. those three things, lost on me. I've mm-hmm. seen none yeah. of those three movies. I it is, it is, have uh, seen it is, uh, it is not. It is not a blend of any of those things, by the way. Okay. The only people, people, reason people say this because they're also all those movies are directed by the guy who directed this movie, John Carpenter, who is a brilliant director. And Halloween is still, to me, reigns as the greatest slasher movie ever. Oh, yeah, me too. I um, know. Uh, the Thing is, is a masterpiece of, of sci-fi horror. The thing is, a, a is an absolute masterpiece. You will never find me saying one bad thing about the thing. Um, also starring Kurt Russell. Um, and would I be New York, allowed to watch it? No. God no. God no. 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 You can't watch the thing. I'm very sorry. That one is that one is a no no for Kate. It's it's a great movie. But if you can't handle some of the some of, some of the if you can't handle Leprechaun. You can't handle the thing. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Um, uh, but uh, but also, Escape from New York is is very close to this. But I think at least Escape from New York bothers to try and explain some things to you. But this enough. movie doesn't. Um, but if Escape from New York, also starring Kurt Russell, another John Carpenter film. Um, is is uh yeah it, it's 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 a very but Kurt Russell was riding the John Carpenter train. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I did not no, know he... that. Yeah, and then did. the other thing, because I did do research around it a little bit because this was so weird, and because everybody but you loves it. Um, but <laughs> it sounded like the original script was not this. It sounded mm. like the original script was something that the producers got and said we have no idea how to make this work so that the script got overhauled to be something like they kept the framework a little bit i guess there's not a framework so that's not Mm -hmm. the right word they kept the guts of it and they tried to update it into whatever this is so a lot a lot of challenges with this whole movie the the original script was a western oh that makes more sense i feel like it's uh listen if like this movie as a western, oh, I'm, I'm all I'm all about it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, like because basic. Ba- here's the thing: Jack Burton is a John Wayne character, right? But with without with he's got all the bravado, but John Wayne would just like drunk walk his way through every problem he came across, as opposed to like this guy who's bad at it. But it's definitely the same type of character. Like, ah, come on. Is a very, yes, reads, very much reads a, very, very similar. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's basic. That's the idea. But that's that was the first thing. Um, anyway, Sorry, so we can resume uh, to the review. Right. Those were my so, uh, so Wang is actually the main character of this movie, but because everything must be seen through a white lens, you 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 give you, you Jack Burton to this movie, and then because it's Kurt Russell, and because Wang is being played by Dennis Dunn. Who at this point nobody knows. He was great in this. He was he's He's great in this movie. Fantastic actor. He's he's great in this movie and a fantastic martial artist. And the the movie uh, can't be made 
with him as the lead because 1980s Hollywood racism. So you have to put in uh, uh, Jack Burton, Kurt Russell into it, who is not the most important character, but in the eyes of the people making the movie, he has to be in it or the movie can't be made. So that's so you've got to figure out a way to like keep him around all the time or people they're afraid are going to get bored of it. Um, Wang says, you got to come back to the to to the restaurant for me to get you the money. I need the money, but I do have twice that amount of money in cash on hand. I don't I like that's a line he shouldn't have said if it was a lie. OK, but to me, that makes him less trustworthy throughout the rest of the movie. I need the money. Also, back at my restaurant, I have twice that amount in cash. Is a very odd thing to say. Anyway, um, you can't. We can't go back to the restaurant first. First, no. we got to go to the airport, right? And and pick up my fiance, who is my sweetheart, who I left back in China five years ago, who was coming to America to get married to me. But the night before, I'm supposed to go pick her up at the airport. I spent all night playing Fantan with old Jack. He does say it was, I really should have gotten, I really should have gone home and gotten 40 winks last night. I've certainly done that. You really should have. Like, I, I trust a lot of your decision-making for the rest of the movie and as a character when my, the most important thing in the world to me, my fiance, is coming via plane to the airport Tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. sharp, it is now 3 a.m. and I'm in the midst of a gambling streak that is terrible. Um, it, it feels bad that you that you that you get that. And it said again, they try and explain it away, but it doesn't work. Um, so they drive to the airport to pick up Miao Yin. Um, and while they're at the airport, and again, this is, feels so weird. 1986 airports of like. Here's a yeah. giant crowd of people with no security around, all crowding around the gate as people come off the so plane. Weird. It always feels weird now when I watch it. I'm like, I don't, that's not how airports work. Oh, but it is how they used to work. Um, Jack notices over there, 10 paces to his right, Kim Cattrall, who we've we've talked about briefly. Uh, not briefly. We had a whole ep- episode about Mannequin. Mannequin, baby. She is so much better in Mannequin than she is in this. It only happened two weeks ago. Two, sorry, two weeks. Sorry. It only happened. It only came apart uh, uh, a year apart. Um, Mannequin was after this. Mannequin, so, though, had so much weird and fleeting as it was at points. had so much more clarity and a, a way yes. more... Yeah. Um, Easily communicated yeah. role, <laughs> yeah. Than um, anything in this. Um. Uh, somebody told her to say all her lines this way is the only thing I can that I can come up with, because the script for her. This is the thing. This is where it begins to be weird. Um. She says everything like she's in a different movie. You know, like it's a 1940s pick or something. Everything's really rapid fire and there's no like it's it, I, I don't know how to there's there's 
there's it's all artifice. Everything she says is full of like, are you an AI program or yes. something? You know what it's, I mean? Like there's there's weird. no there's no naturalism in anything she says. Not one line, not ever. And that has to be an intent from the director. But I, for the life of me, I don't understand why. Because it makes every scene that she's in off-putting. It makes her whole performance grating. It does. She doesn't belong in the movie. I don't understand why Jack wants to bone her so hard, except that she's hot. Like, like it's a it's a very I don't know. It's very odd. She she he he immediately says, "I got to go talk to her because she's hot." And um and Wang says, "Oh, don't bother with her. She's trouble." And I was like, How, "You could tell that from looking at her. Apparently, they have a very long history." Um, but the movie never explains exactly what that is or how it came to be because the movie's not interested in that. Only I'm interested in that, and this movie <laughs> makes me crazy. Um. So, uh, he. I he did. Over and, it is. It is noticeably like I thought she was going to be a cyborg or something. Like it is. It is uh, oddly out of place, and in a movie that I knew was about to lose its mind, I was like, "Oh, she's going to be like." part robot or something right um but that's not at all what they did with it um no. uh <clears throat> and i so, would say even for parts of the movie that she's in like emotional range would be important because there's things we'll talk about it later but like parts where people don't believe her which is an inherently frustrating thing to have like it's just very, it's a very yeah. very yeah. odd choice but definitely a choice yeah um uh, so they, they go, so, so she walks over to her and says, Hey, can I ask you a serious question? She looks at him and goes, absolutely not. The way that she says her first line is just like, what? Um, uh, like I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't get involved with a man like you because you smell like beer. But she says from where I'm standing, it's Miller time. And it's just a weird line. Um, and then she, there's a bunch of Chinese fellas. In odd sunglasses, uh, it, you know, 1980s gear they're wearing, yeah. and they walk through, and she's like, um, she says, uh, Lords of Death is the name of this of the gang, but um, but the way that she says it is is specifically the the words the the words that she says don't make any sense. I'm sorry. Um, uh, uh, there they go. She's okay. I'm, I'm watching it now. Um, uh, the, the Lords of Lords of Death, <laughs> Lords, Lords of Death, punks from Chinatown, street gang. This isn't good. What are they doing here? Like, there's no pause, there's no punctuation, there's just it's just a stream of words. And, uh, um, uh, so it's one of those things, there's a confluence of all this stuff where. Gracie Law. We don't find out that's her name until later. She's a lawyer and her last name is Law. So so anyway, she she's there and Wang knows her, but Jack has to get to know her because she's hot. Uh, she's there to pick up somebody who's coming in <clears throat> off the plane as well. Um, and And Wang is there to pick up Miao Yin. The Lords of Death are there. We don't find this out until later. They just want to kidnap any Chinese girl off the pl- off the the plane from Hong Kong. 
because that's what they do. They kidnap girls fresh off the boat or the plane in this case uh, and sell them into uh, sex slavery. That's what the Lords of Death do, Um, which feels like if this is their MO and everybody who's involved in this movie knows that's what they do, maybe airport security, if it exists, should be on the lookout for guys who are obviously in the Lords of Death Street Gang. Hey, you guys, you're not allowed in here. Because we know you're going to kidnap a girl right off the plane and sell her into sex slavery, and that's frowned upon in these states. Um, but anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, they're they in the pocket. It. They're in the pocket. That's yeah. it. They're, they're Lords trying. of Dust also sounds like an ECW stable. <laughs> that was my first reaction um, when they said it. Um, uh, she's there to pick up... I, don't, I forget what her name is. Um, uh... And so they they kidnap they try and kidnap this woman that that um, Gracie Law is there to get. Um, and uh, um, so uh, they grab her, but Jack gets in their way. So Jack doesn't know what the hell he's doing. He's just like, "Hey, stop it, Tara." That's the name of the uh, the woman that that. Tara appears twice, has no lines, and from this scene, you would think there is a major, like, I'm saying, there's a confluence of events here, where Gracie Law is here to pick up Tara, right? Yes. Tara appears later in one scene. That's it. She doesn't, she's a MacGuffin, but like, not even for like a reason, like, it would be much more important if like the girl who's unrelated to all of this, that Gracie law is there to pick up also like has something about her that is integral to the plot. Maybe she insists on going along with, with them on, on the raid later because you know, her sister was kidnapped by David Lopan once or whatever. There's no reason for for this to even be in the movie. I kept waiting for this to have been somehow retroactively important, but it never is. And and it's just a very odd thing. It just I don't know. Like things, well, they couldn't give her are... lines. You got to keep the under five. You know. Yeah. They had budget I concerns. I guess. Yeah this this went out of its way to make this happen. <laughs> It did. The movie made out of its way to make this happen. Very good point. So uh, a guy pulls out a butterfly knife, but then extends really long. Um, and he's like, uh, "Hey, where'd you get that?" Says Jack because he's in the he's in the market for a new knife, I guess. Um, and uh, he then he gets legs swept out from under him, and then instead of taking Tara, who they were there to to to, to uh, kidnap, they take Miao Yin. She's got green eyes. That's very important for the rest of the movie. But I like that that they that, that Wang does say he's she's got green eyes. You know how rare that is, Jack. It's good that you that you acknowledge how rare it is because it is very rare. Yeah. Um, uh, and anyway, they take her, and so now Wang and Kurt Russell are uh, run out after them and jump in his big rig and are going to chase this Pontiac Firebird into the city. Um, and they're zooming up and down giant you know, hilly downtown san francisco things into an alleyway um oh i forgot all about this 
The movie begins not with Jack Burton driving a car, but with a man named Egg Shen sitting in yeah. his lawyer's office. Uh, and the lawyer is trying to get him to give up information on Jack Burton. And Egg Shen says, leave Jack Burton alone. You don't understand this. Well, th- we were in a, there was a warehouse that exploded into a ball of green flame. Egg Shen, we know you were involved. We like, I'm your lawyer. I'm trying to get you off so you don't have to do any prison time about this. Where's Jack Burton? We've got to throw the book at Jack Burton. You leave Jack Burton alone. He's done so much to help the people of Chinatown. Uh, you just leave him alone. Um, and uh, the lawyer never comes around again. Like this scene is never revisited. This scene takes place entirely after the events of the movie. Usually a scene like this will be inserted at the beginning and then revisited seven eighths of the way through the picture. And then the, the storyline picks back up with this timeline. This timeline, this, this scene doesn't need to be in the movie at all, the opening scene. All it did was confuse me for the entire rest of the picture because I kept waiting for the lawyer to show up again, and then the movie's just over. And because this movie, because this scene doesn't belong in the movie, I almost forgot to be mad about it right now. <laughs> well, and the, the kind of bummer of that is, is I thought it was a really well done scene. Like, it... It's the first thing you see, and they establish kind of off the bat, um, like it immediately grips. It, it gripped me from the get because he was like, "I want to talk about what what you think happened," and he goes, "You mean the truth?" Which yeah. I loved that because I was like, "Okay," and I like immediately know who that guy is. He's like, "This is the truth of what happened." Mm-hmm. And the lawyer essentially says, and I think this is why they don't revisit it. But he was like, "You still believe in." of that that black magic or whatever and the guy goes yeah and i believe in sorcery and i believe in all these other things and i was like oh okay so they're previewing all of the i don't want to say tropes but devices of like combat that are going to be used in this um mm-hmm. but they do not pay it off later but i thought it was a well done scene because the acting in it was pretty good and i, I like yeah that, the that's why i was kind of in the beginning i was like this all right i'm in and then it didn't <laughs> I kind of wanted I kind of wanted it to be um yeah to to them to go back to it. They don't Mikey, they don't need that they don't need to do that. We we get the magic is real from the first time we see all the three raid end guys. We figure out that ma- magic is real. We're watching it. We have eyes. Actually, it would be better if they didn't have this establishing scene because then that part with the magic guys would be more shocking and surprising to us i i liked it because it kind of told me right off the bat it was gonna be a little bit tongue-in-cheek like to me that was like he was like and you believe in sorcery too and he was like yep that too or whatever that's how i kind of took it but i wish they brought it back because i actually thought it was it was like well produced and well it it got me invested but then we don't see the lawyer come back into play later. Like usually yeah. that feels like, and now the court case is going to happen or whatever, yeah. like that, that kind of thing. But I, I liked the actual scene. It just didn't um, connect right. to anything else later. Right. <clears throat> um, they, so Jack drives his big rig, not with the trailer attached, just the, you know, the cab down an alleyway um, asking for directions. Everyone won't talk to him. Um, and they come across 
this is where the movie starts to lose me. Uh, the Chang sings. They're good guys, says Wang. And it's a funeral procession down an alleyway. There's a big picture of a guy. We don't find out who that is. And we never actually find out because here's, here's my rule of thumb. If exposition is given in a scene and the camera isn't showing the person who's talking, they don't give a shit if you know it or not. Like, like that, that there's so much happening in the exposition scene that's about to come up where they, I had to watch, turn subtitles on, go back and watch it a third time before I realized Lem Lee is the name of the man who died and he was ordered assassinated by David Lopan. Right. He, he used to be the godfather of Little China and now that he's dead, David Lopan is. But none of that information was given by an on-screen character. They're in the background while we're watching Jack Russell yell at somebody about his car insurance. Like, it's a fun scene, but like, that is a, I would think, whatever, doesn't matter. I'm the only person who cares about this shit. Um, uh, they're walking, and then some guys walk from behind the, because the funeral parts profession's coming toward the vehicle. Around the sides are guys who are dressed all in black, but not with gold headbands. They're dressed in black with red headbands. That's how you know that they're opposing gangs. And there's a big fight. And Jack and Wang sit in the, in the cab trying to make sure nobody notices they're there and watch a really fun, um, over-the-top kung fu movie. 20 guys versus 20 guys. Weapons. Fight. Great fun stuff. Awesome. Great. The scene is great. The movie surrounding it doesn't do enough to make the scene, make the Correct. movie great. You know what I mean? So um, this is why 12-year-old me was like, this movie's awesome. Because 12-year-old right. me was super into kung fu movies. And so, the part of me that likes it now is still the 12-year-old kid. Like, my adult self knows this is not a good movie. Yeah. But yeah. it just, like, warms my heart to see a scene like this. This is just fun. Sure. Um, they, um... <clears throat> Eventually, the thing breaks down. Enough people have been killed. Um, three guys show up. They're all dressed in Raiden hats. I don't know how else to describe them. Um, from Mortal Kombat. Like, the, the, they're all, like, one guy is definitely just Raiden because he's the lightning guy. We find out later. And again, all of this, I have to say, we find out later. And that's fine for these people. Okay. So... We find out later, these guys are the three storms. That's what they're called. The three storms. The three storms are thunder, lightning, and rain. Um, uh, thunder is, is very powerful, very strong. He can expand his body. Uh, lightning conjures lightning. And rain, he's wet. I mean, he's the, he's actually the most skilled fighter of the three, but it feels like if you're like, we are the three storms. I am lightning. I conjure electricity out of my fingers. I am thunder. I am huge and can destroy you. I am rain. Be careful you don't slip. Like, it's just, it's, like, it's a very odd thing. That Like, that would be the worst one to be. But they did give the best martial artist that 
that part. I just think that was very funny. Um, uh, this is the other thing was where it becomes like, okay, so I think that the comedy part of the comedy action should come from Jack not knowing what the hell's going on, right? And Jack being the fish out of water, right? And the action part is all action, but there's, there's the action part should be serious until Jack gets involved and then the whole thing kind of collapses around and that becomes funny. When, when, when lightning, his weapon of choice, are forks, that then he holds like this and they spin in a circle on his palm. That just feels like something out of Naked Gun. Like that's that doesn't belong in in this movie. Like why? What these guys should take themselves very seriously. So the the movie making fun of the fact that this guy fights with forks is uh, it's just a weird thing. I this does get messy. Like I think um, to me. The cheeky part of this is like, is this like a white American dude is trying right. to operate in this world, right? Like mm-hmm. with all of his bravado and, and ignorance. Um, but I, I don't know. This is where it feels like they were trying to do parodies of two different cultured, yeah. uh, like worlds colliding. And it does fall apart a little bit there. It's almost like they wanted to treat both of them with the same weight, like that they're mm-hmm. they're being satirical about both sides of it. But for satire to work, we've talked about this a lot on this channel. Like you can't you can't in it acknowledge the the satire. It, it doesn't right. it doesn't work. You have to you have to take it seriously, and then what's around it makes it satirical. So I'm with you on that. Yeah, I'm with you on that um, for sure. So then. Um, Wang says, don't ask questions, Jack, just drive. So he drives forward. And in front of him materializes Lopan in his ghost form. Yes. It's the it's the the venerable, amazing actor James Hong, um, who was just in uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Great actor. Um, and he's great in this, by the way. Like he, he perfectly plays this part. Um, and he is standing there and Jack, (sighs) this is where I get like, okay, so what are you trying to show us? John Carpenter, he runs over the man. We see the guy get hit and fall down when the guy hits him. I think what you're trying to show me is that he drove through him because in this form, Lopan has no being. He can't touch Miao Yin later. His hands pass through her. He can't do anything until he becomes no longer the ghost. So you just showed a man get run over and then stand back up again. What you should have shown me (coughs) was a guy get like passed through the truck. I think you did this to intentionally confuse me and that's not okay. I'm already confused <laughs> enough by your movie, John Carpenter. Don't, don't add stuff to intentionally confuse me. Um, so then he stands up behind the vehicle, having passed through it. And Jack is very confused by all this because he, like we, just saw him get run over. I think if we saw him pass through the vehicle, Jack would be confused 
and we would be like, holy shit, that dude's a ghost. But Jack right. wouldn't know that yet. Like there's that those kind of things. Um, uh, so then like get out of the truck and run. And they run around and they run through this thing. Oh, oh, also the guy opens his mouth at Jack. Yes. And lights blinds him. Um, and then Wang runs past him, that runs takes him by the hand, they run down an alley. Like, I can't see, I'm blind. Don't worry, it's only temporary. How do you know that, Wang? Have you been blinded by Lopan before? Like, how do you know that's not a permanent blinding that just happened? Um, also, here, bend over this puddle of alley water. I'm going to splash it in your eyes. Now, you can see, but also you have flesh-eating bacteria in your eyeballs. <laughs> it's, it is, there's the one. Um, so, New York during uh, the 80s, that was not, uh, that was not yeah. drinking water. No. No, 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 no. Um, so, uh, uh, it, the, um, they run across some, uh, Lords of Death who are there. Uh, and they say, hey, Wang Chi. Hey, he knows your name. Yeah, that's not good. Run. And they run, apparently this alley is a circle. So they run left now, back to the same alley that they were in before. Um, and then behind them, the fight is still going on. It's rain and thunder and lightning. But nobody told the actors behind them that the cameras were rolling because the guy playing Rain has like another funny thing. He's got like these maces, and on the end, they have like claw hands on the end of his maces. That's what he uses to fight with. But he's just doing this. Like this fast. And then a guy goes. And he falls over. They're not doing it in slow motion. Like it's part of the slow motion in the movie. The actors behind them during this take were told we're not using the take. We just need to see you guys move around a little bit, you know, for like whatever. Um, but if you're actually rolling, you got to make sure the guys behind them are actually doing real fighting choreography at real speed. Otherwise, it looks weird like a guy is just like. It's kind of at a know. concert. That, yeah, it was so weird. Um, but they they keep running. And they run uh, into some warehouse through a through a basement window. And then here come more Lords of Death. So they like escape through a garbage chute? I don't know. They make it out. They're all right. And they, they wind up um, in uh, late at night, pouring down rain in Wang Chi's, Wang's restaurant, also run by his uncle Chu. Um, and this is where the movie commits, starts to commit sins that are unforgivable to me. Um, <laughs> it, I, w- I will say, I think the first 30 minutes of this movie are the best 30 minutes of this movie. Like, I just accepted what I signed up for for the rest of it, but the first 30 minutes of this feel like a good movie and the rest of it feels like just wackadoo. <laughs> but fun wackadoo, um, but wackadoo nonetheless. I do appreciate what they're trying to do with this scene in that it feels very chaotic. Um, Because because Jack... The, what we're supposed to figure out with this whole thing is Jack just wants his truck back and he wants the $2,000 that Wang owes him, right? If I can get my truck back, 
I can get back on the road. I, you can figure out all this stuff. I mean, I'll help you get your fiance back because I, I'm a, I'm a friend of yours, but really I just want my truck back. Um, and, uh, and so to that end, through this whole scene, he is on the, on the phone with, uh, his insurance company and it says, uh, uh, yeah, look, give a, I need a listing for whatever it is, insurance in Sacramento. Uh, well, there's gotta be a listing for them, sweetheart. I, I, I pay them six G's a year in premiums. Like they got to exist. Uh, so he keeps getting the runaround on this, um, on the phone while all this other stuff is being talked about. And occasionally he will say, hold on one second. And he'll talk to somebody over here in the room, but then he'll go back to this. The most important thing to him is this. Because of the way the movie is filming this scene, they are telling us the most important thing you should be paying attention to is Jack negotiating in a comedic way with his insurance company, not the exposition about what the hell just happened and what all this means because of the way they shoot the scene. And that's why it's so frustrating to me is I had to watch this three times to figure out all of the things everyone was saying because they keep showing you in a close-up Kurt Russell angrily talking on the phone while off st- off screen, all these people are discussing what's just happened. Um, it does feel like it feels like in this movie, Kurt Russell is the sidekick, but they made yes. him the main character to your earlier point. Like he, even just from the perspective of like most of his stuff is the comedic stuff rather than the mm-hmm. stuff that's carrying, like you said, the through line of the movie, mm-hmm. but they've, yeah. they've flipped it because they led with the, name who's a white guy here um mm. but but i agree it, it is messy and distracting with that for sure um so this is where um uncle chu becomes very concerned because all uncle chu knows about at this point um is that like china like in chinatown we basically operate like it's china the chang sings and the wong king who are the guys in black and red um, are have been fighting for centuries, and so this these these gangs will fight forever. Um, and uh, but then Jax is like, Don't tell me about those guys, tell me about the, the three guys who came down out of the sky and had lightning shooting from their fingers. And there's this one dude who I ran through, but he's fine. Then he breathed some light on me. Talk to me about that. And and Uncle Chu says to, to Wang, like, what are you talking about? Like, I, I didn't want to alarm you. Like, the, the three storms, David Lopan. Um, like, yeah. It's a, uh, and so that they're just trying to, like, it's Uncle Chu, very concerned now that perhaps Lopan is here to take all their souls or something. And Wang trying to to, to, to convince him no, that's not it. It's okay. Um, while Jack yells into the telephone. Um, and then Kim Cattrall shows up and ruins the scene because like the, her energy is so off-putting. Like she, um, it's so artificial. It's so bizarre. Um, oh, oh, here also new character inserted that does not make a lick of sense. For the entire movie. Guy walks in. In a suit. Purple shirt. Black tie. He says. Hello. Good evening Mr. Wong. Uh, Eddie Lee. Meet my dear friend. Jack Burton. Jack doesn't even turn around. He just offers a hand. While he's looking this way. To shake his hand. Okay. Eddie Lee is the new. The new. He says the new. 
Mater D here at the restaurant. Okay. So the new, if you said that the new, the new guy working at the restaurant, how long has he been working there? Like if a, you had to guess tops a month, like maybe a two, week. Yeah. Maybe two. Right. <laughs> so we have, there's never ever told to us how Eddie Lee knows Wang other than he is the new Mater D at Wang's restaurant that he co-owns with his uncle. That's it. But Eddie Lee is just going everywhere, doing everything. He's a Mater D. He's a Mater D. He's not uh he's not a cop. He's not he he's a Mater D. Like he's He's he, like, this is the thing is like, I'm totally fine with Jack not having any training, but in being in here with this whole thing. Yeah. It's but, hilarious. um, but it's, it's, that's fine. That, that turns a trope on its head. Okay. But Eddie Lee, if he's going to get himself involved in all of this, and also a lot of the stuff he talks about later, he's an authority on everything. But like, you gotta like Eddie Lee and I know each other because we grew up together back in China. Like, say, say these things. When he came to the States, he became a cop. And he was, he's working in, uh, he's now he's an ex-cop. But he, he's special, I mean, he was, his beat was Chinatown, right? If you give me all of these information, I'm like, okay, now I understand why this guy knows everything about all the gangs that operate in Chinatown. I understand why he can handle himself in a fight. I understand, you know, like, all this stuff, but he's just the the new Mater D at my restaurant. Come on, on a suicide mission to go rescue my fiance, who you've never met. It's it's an it's an unforgivable thing to me when you you have the opportunity to make shit make sense and choose not to. Like that's the one thing a fucking movie should do is just choose to make things make the most amount of sense. Like, That's fair. I don't know, man. You're not even asking I, for the most in that case. You're asking for any. Make yeah, any sense. Yeah. I guess. I guess. Um, like, for example, if you go out of your way to say someone is new, there should be a symptom of the fact that they're new. Like, he should actually be additionally worse at everything because he's new. Never mind sure. an all-knowing being of the whole area right. and life. <laughs> I mean, not a... Why is he the new Mater D? Couldn't he be? He's the manager at the restaurant. We've known each other for years. Or you know even I mean? an, like, or an old. He's just the Mater D who knows the area because he's been here forever, and so he hears sure. stuff when people come in I, and whatever. I, like, I guess. Yeah. I guess I should say like the Mater D is the new Mater D. Like, is just such a weird thing to say. I don't know. Like, you, that is a. That is a phrase you wrote specifically into the script to describe a character. That's the only description we ever get for Eddie Lee. Yeah. That's it. We don't, he has no backstory at all other than, and the only description we ever get said by anyone is he's the new Mater D here at the restaurant. And so it's not gonna... like in a mob front way. You know what I mean? It's not like uh, he runs this bakery and he's actually in the mob. Like, this is the parts that would be better in a Western. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it is It is so... Uh, I, I, I keep... When I, when I was watching this, 
the first time of the four, I missed the Mater D thing. Because again, I was watching without subtitles. And the, that that piece of information is not spoken by somebody on screen. That you hear that as Jack is they're showing Jack turn like looking this way on the phone while shaking the hand with his right hand over here. So I missed that part. And later in the next scene, he's rattling off all this stuff he knows about the white tigers who are like the 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 people who buy women and like run a brothel, right? And I was like Oh, wait, I missed who this guy is. This guy's got to be like a detective, right? He's like, he's a cop who's doing this off the clock because he's friends with Wang. And I went back and rewatched the scene to make sure I was right. And he's the new Mater D. And I just said, no. Yep. Sorry. Nope. You're not allowed to do this with this character. Um, it's just so weird. Um, but then Gracie Law shows up. <clears throat> She walks through the door of the back door of this. This is when they're in the kitchen of the restaurant. She walks through the back door. She pulls this. She's holding a, a jacket over her. And she flings it off because it's pouring down rain. She flings it off. She says, don't be alarmed. It's, it's only me, Gracie Law. Like, that's how she introduced. Don't be alarmed. It's only me, Gracie Law. Like, it's just so weird. Um, and she says, I've been doing some research um, it, uh, I, who was the woman who was kidnapped? That's my fiance, Miao Yin. Um, uh, she says, you know me. I always stick my nose where it doesn't belong. So I found out uh, that the, the Lords of Death sold her to the White Tigers to make a quick sale. And then uh, uh, Wang's like, the White Tigers? Oh, no. And, and this is where I'm like, okay, oh, wait, 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 wait. So we already we have we have the we have the Chang saying the Wong King Lords of Death. Now we have the White Tigers. So who are the White Tigers? We we don't find that all at all in this scene. We did, we have to find that out in the next scene. Um, and this I was I was a a point that I do love about this. Jack, since crawling through the garbage, when he got to to Wang's place, they let him take a shower. I guess upstairs in the in the living quarters of the restaurant. And so he is his clothes are drying somewhere i guess and he's wearing a kimono like he's wearing like a little a little a little chinese print satin little robe while he's doing this entire scene i do uh, he overarching performance he was great in this like i thought he was super super funny um but that there are some times where actually performances can save movies but this is this was very disconnected <laughs> um uh eddie by the way, comes in, and the first thing he says is, oh, that was your truck? Yeah. Lords of Death stole it when you ran away. Uh, and um, and so, he, this is just a guy who's got his ear to the, to the, to the ground and kind of knows what's going on in the area, and that's fine, I suppose. But I like the, I, I, I don't know why, listen, this is something that I need to work on for myself. I like my ideas more than I like other people's ideas. So, <laughs> So if he's an ex-cop, he would have a line to what he'd be able to call in some friends and say, like, hey, what happened to this truck that was left? Oh, the Lords of Death stole that. What do you think? It might be in a chop shop somewhere. All right. Thanks, buddy. Uh, how's the wife? She's good. All right. Well, see you at the reunion or whatever. You know, that's what Eddie Lee's Eddie Lee's function could be. He gets information for the group because he has an in to everything else. That 
would make sense. Also, when the when the cop when when somebody says to Jack later, why don't you call the cops? The cops, Jack says, the cops they got better things to do than get killed. If Eddie Lee is an ex-cop, he said, "Listen, take it from me. They have they don't give a damn what happens in Chinatown. They let us police everything. We can call them. They're not coming." That becomes a voice of authority on the matter of why you don't call the cops. Jack saying cops got better to do things to do than get killed is just turned as like, well, I guess you're right. Like, just, I don't know, like, find ways of making your movie make as much sense as possible. That's all. It is New York. I'll I'll take it. But yeah. San Francisco. San Francisco. But yes. Um, Oh my gosh. Duh. That's right. Um, so they'll, we're going to find, we're going to find your truck for you. Don't worry about it. Um, uh, so anyway, here comes, uh, Gracie and this is the thing. Eddie sits down, starts digging into food and says, the Lord's of death. They're all in your stupid joy, right? See, they didn't care what girl they picked. I know everything because I'm a maid of D. Like he's just, he's just so odd. Um, but Gracie tells him they, they know where the White Tigers is, and so we're, we we we've got a plan for for how we're going to um, uh, we can buy her back. Says, and she says a shirt's warrant is too complicated. Violence is out of the question. Says Gracie Long. But she doesn't say it like that. She says, such one is too tough. Violence out of the question. I, 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 like she's just talking all it, as it's fast so as possible. It's so weird. It's so off-putting. Um, it actually, like, <sighs> even if you're buying into the surface level stuff of this, it does ruin, like, a lot of the movie. Right. It's, it's very weird how she just, like, becomes a scene killer in it. Um, she says, so, so Eddie says, it's going to cost. She's got green eyes. Um, and Gracie says, seriously? Oh, that's an extra to these people, she says. It's like leather bucket seats. It's double the price. Were you were in the 80s? Were you paying double the price for a car if it had leather bucket seats? If so, you were getting ripped off. Yeah. Um, so they uh they they do this, they So Uncle Chu keeps like this spirit medium powers. He's 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 incorporeal. His flesh and bones are atomized. He becomes a dream. And Jack's like, none of this makes any sense. And and so and so they're like, okay, just come with me to get Miao Yin back, and I'll explain everything after. So here's their big plan. They drive to where the white tiger brothel is. Okay. And they're gonna send in. Jack, a truck driver, who we've established no has no fighting skills at all, as as anything, he's a truck driver. Now, Kurt Russell, to his credit, nails this scene, but I don't know why Jack Burton would. So, like Jack Burton, so Jack Burton walks in the front door. He's dressed in a really bad suit. Got big thick glasses. His hair's combed in a different way. He's like, "Hey there, I'm Henry Swanson. I'm in town on business." <laughs> the cab driver said, "This is where I could, uh, you know, get the uh, 
you know, uh, the white tiger might be able to help me out here. Is this is what the right place. Um, and and he's, he nails the scene. I just don't know why Jack Burton would nail. Does Jack was Jack Burton like a theater minor in college before he started maybe. to become a track driver? I mean, maybe I don't know. We don't know. Um, so while this is going, he they they sent him in there alone. Gracie says I can't go in there because they'd recognize me because I because this is what her lawyership. What she does is she like gets women who come into the to the city. She gets them settled and make sure make sure their civil rights aren't violated or whatever. But she's able to like she's an basically she's an immigration lawyer, but they never say it that way. Um, so she's worked with these people before because they are human traffickers and she's trying to get women out of there. So they know. They know her and they would not deal with her and they might commit violence against her. So we got to send in somebody else. So they send in Kurt Russell by himself with Eddie Lee uh, and Wang out there by themselves. And then Kim Cattrall jumps out of the vehicle in a pouring rainstorm without saying anything, runs into and jumps into a vehicle driven by another white woman who we've never seen before. The way that this movie introduces her and Gracie Law talks to her, I was concerned that I had missed a scene in the movie because of the familiarity with which they talk. This is Margot Litzenberger, though we don't find that out until later. Um, I'll do anything for my story, she says. Um, and uh, uh, like, so there, he's in there, right? So the story that Gracie is trying to get Margot to write for her small newspaper <coughs> for her small newspaper is about human trafficking at the White Tiger, I think. Or it might be about David Lopan. But I'm not really sure. They never say. No. They're bad at this. So um <clears throat> So it says, I'll do anything for my story. Don't worry. We've got a man on the inside right now. Our best man. And they cut back to, you know, him doing his little character work. And uh, uh, and then uh, the other woman comes from the back. And says, like, um, um, I, I'm here to find a girl. <laughs> and it's like, ah, yes. Well, uh, uh, well, she'll get you set up. And then she starts to leave. She's like, hey, all these pictures in this book. I wish they were in color because I'm really in the mood for a girl with green eyes. And the and the woman who runs the brothel hears this and says, oh, he's here, I guess she thinks, to break out this woman we just bought from the from the Lords of Death, who we have now chained to a bed uh, with a gag in her mouth in a in a in a back room someplace you can only reach through a secret door. Um, I better go and kill her. I don't know. Like this, all this is makes no sense. Um uh, so then they send, he says, I specifically want a girl with green eyes. Chinese girls with green eyes do not exist, Mr. Swanson. His name is Swanson. Um, uh, so then he just, he just magically, he's in a room with a different girl. And he starts asking her questions about how she got there. Like he feels like he was an ex-cop because he knows all these questions to ask to like not seem suspicious, but also get the information he needs. It's very odd. Um, and then... The whole place starts rattling because the three storms have come here to kidnap this girl. Um, 
They explode the room. So the woman who runs the, the White Tiger chief, the CEO of the White Tigers, yeah. she's she has to dive out of the way. She doesn't explode. Lightning guy comes and takes the girl uh, and flies up through the roof. Uh, Rain drops down and right in front of Jack uh, Jack Russell. That's a terrier. Jack Russell Kurt Russell punches punches him in the face a few times. He goes, oh, that's not going to work, is it? And then the rain just backfists him through the wall, okay? Um, and uh, and so then they all fly off together, having kidnapped the girl a second time from the people who bought the girl from the people who kidnapped her the first time. Right? That's where we're at. That is where so, we're at, yes. Uh, the three storms now have kidnapped Miao Yin, and, uh, and this is not good for, for Wang. So um, they bring, they carry Kurt Russell, Jack Burton, into this room we've never been in before, and uh, drop drop him in this chaise. Um, in where the hell am I? He says, "My office," says Gracie Law, and this is the scene that I sent you in the DMs, saying, "How are you supposed to follow any of this?" Everyone is talking at a mile a minute. Nobody's on screen when they're talking. And it, it, it's just, it's so maddening. This is you. This is a point where at, at least three times in this scene, Jack says, just tell me what the hell is going on. And nobody will. Nobody will give him a straight answer. And I, I, I guess the they, they want me to think that the characters won't tell him because it would be too fantastical for him to accept or something. But what it really is, is um, the, the writers don't know what the hell is going on and don't want to be bothered to figure out an explanation for it. Nine times out of ten in a movie where just tell me what the hell's going on. I don't know. The the character that answers, I don't know, just assume that's the writer. The writer doesn't know what the hell's going on. And and, and says, hey, if I have my character who's asked that question not know what the hell's going on, then I don't have to either. And we can just move on. And it's 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 unforgivable to me in a movie when they just the, when the writer says I don't know what the hell's going on, but it doesn't matter. They're not going to care. I See, care. I feel like this time it's on purpose. I feel like Jack Russell Terrier doesn't know what's going on. We don't know what's going on. Like, I feel like, I feel like the chaos was intentionally nobody knows oh, what's going on. Yeah, that's true. Um, Which to a viewer could feel like a giant waste of time. I get that. <laughs> that's true. Um, there's a moment like where it, I guess it's it's. It because it, some people it could be like oh I uh, that's fun, to me it's it's n- that's never fun, like it's it's never fun it's it it's it, my my anxiety just starts spiking, when 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 he says, come on, <clears throat> um, I'm a reasonable guy, but tonight I've seen some pretty unreasonable things, somebody please just tell me what is going on. And Wang says, the truth. Jack says, I can handle it. Wang says, we don't know. 
I, I had to leave the room when, when that I had to like pause the movie and leave the room. I was so frustrated. Like this, this is your best friend in the world. Wang, right? I guess. I mean, or he's a guy you gamble with occasionally whenever he comes to town. What, what, one of either way, one of those two things and only one of those two things. Um, he just basically like laid it all out for you. Please tell me what the hell's going on. We don't know. Okay, well then, have fun getting your fiance back. I'm I'm gonna go buy a new truck. Like, like I, I don't know. It's just it just ah, it's just especially, so frustrating. Especially because it's also Gracie Law is in there trying to give exposition, and Margot is asking like you uh, like David Lopan says 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 Gracie, and Margot says you mean the David Lopan that is the CEO of the First National Orient Bank, the David Lopan that is this, the David Lopan that is that, the David Lopan who hasn't even been seen in seven years. Yes, that David Lopan, like that 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 kind of exposition is delivered so clunkily that it's. Yes, but- uh, I mean, I also I don't know. feel like they insinuate that Wang does know what's going on earlier in the movie, so that's that's, that's the, thing, the Wang, part that lost me. Wang does know, like he does, he doesn't want to say it out loud because it, then it might be true. But like, whatever. Like later, he actually says, "Myths and legends, Jack. Here's the thing that we're all told with told as kids growing up. This is who Lopan is. This is what the story is." Then we grow up and pretend we don't believe those things anymore. So they do tell him later, but by that point, I don't give a shit anymore. Like I've right. seen if, enough. I've seen enough things earlier that he knows, and then he specifically goes out of his way to be like, "Do you really want to know?" And then says, "I don't know." Like, yeah, that negates itself in in like a in a way that's supposed to be a pivotal point in the movie, right? Like. Um. Uh. So I'm going to go and get, I'm going to go and get her back, says Wang. And Eddie tries to stop him, right? Um, and uh, um, he says, I'm going to go. Where? It's pouring down rain. You don't even know where to look. The Wong, the, the, the Wong King export import whatever place that's that's the other thing that he's he's head of some kind of bank and also the head of some kind of thing like um he says he says um you can't the most deadly den of cutthroats in chinatown she says but she says it like the most deadly den of cutthroats in chinatown you can't just walk in there like the wind yes i can and like it's just it's, i mean I wonder, was she like trying to go for the silly voice that we always like that? I'm always like, it's a typewriter, you see? Like, she almost came across like she was trying to be a 1940s detective, but like, it doesn't, um, it does, yeah. She was a scene killer for me in a lot of this. Like, it was just, um, um, so, um, I'm, I'm going with you, just me. And you, Wang, are going into this place. Um, the Wing Kong Exchange is the name of the place. The most dangerous cutthroat den of madmen in Chinatown. You can't just waltz in and out of there like the wind. Yes, I can, Miss Law. Um, um anyway, so they 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 go, 
they have a, a plan, which is to tell the people at the front desk, the, the two security guards, they're from the phone company, and they just walk in and it works. Um, uh, and then they get in, they go into the basement and they get in an elevator, and then uh, the elevator stops and starts filling with liquid. Um, and then they have to swim out of it, and they're in uh, a, a like a, a, a salt water. So it's like it's water coming in from the San Francisco Bay. Um, and there's all these corpses that are hanging upside down. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're in various states of decompo- decomposition. Uh, and they're able to resurface. Like, where the hell are we? The hell of under under upside down sinners is what they, they he says. Oh, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Thanks for letting me know. Um, and then there's a grate up at the top. And then we see... Uh, one of the racy rain, the Raiden guy who's rain, and he they apparently the next thing we see them is they're tied to um, at least Wang is tied to uh, a uh, a wheelchair and <laughs> when, so rain good. is rain is using the force to to throw little rubber balls at Jack who's standing up against a wall, uh, and then they're. Then they get they both get put in wheelchairs and strapped to them, and then they're taken to see a different version of Lopan. I'm 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 skipping over all of this faster because we've been doing this for a long time already. But also because these are not the scenes you have a problem with. All no, these, these scenes are these scenes are incredible. No, like these scenes, I mean, I don't know, throwing little rubber balls using the force at Jack's ribs. Like it's feels so that feels like it's from a naked gun movie again. Um, but but once once you're in this part of the movie, like this part of the movie is good, it's fine. There's like nothing wrong with this part because this is the action part, this is the intrigue part. But all the stuff surrounding the movie that gives context to all of this is so poorly done that if you just excite if you just said the people who remember loving this movie who watched it 10 years ago, they only remember this part of the movie because this is the only part of the movie that's intentionally memorable. Everything around it that sets up this is so shitty that if you forget about it, you're watching the movie. It's good. But I can't do that. I wish I could, you guys. I wish I could. I wish I could. I can't. I can't do it. I can't. My brain won't allow me to like, just like, just, you know, like, Hey, just shut off your brain and watch it, watch a movie. It'll be fun. I, I can't. I wish I, I can't, I can't do it. Um, I'm, I'll find a pill sometime that I'll take. And it'll make me, my brain will shut <laughs> off and it'll be great. It'll be the, it'll be the first good sleep I've got in years. But until then, uh, I'll just keep suffering through all of this. Yeah. Um, uh, they the 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 scene with David Lopan now, who is approximately I mean, in reality, he's over two thousand years old, right? Um, uh, uh, but his flesh has been removed. Like he's it's, I think that the we're supposed to be like he doesn't have real flesh. Uh, it just it looks like really 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 intense old age makeup. But I realized later through lines of dialogue, we're supposed to look at him as though he doesn't have skin. 
Um, and because uh, they just talk about, because Jack just makes quips about how old he is, I thought that's what he was supposed to look like. Just like he was, you know, 130 years old. You know, like in really, really bad shape. Right. But actuality, what we're supposed to look at him in, in this state is he doesn't have skin. That, that that part of him was removed in the curse that he got from the demon or whatever. Right? This is where it's it's explained to him, uh, it's explained to all of us why he wants Miao Yin. Because there was this is the most the best exposition you get in the entire movie is in this scene where where Lopan tells you all about this. He says that there was a curse put on me by Chang Changshi, I think that's what it is. Changshi, uh this demon that is in that is charged in charge the Chinese demons basically are in charge of worldly uh messengers of their evil, whatever. And I ran afoul of mine, and so he put a, a curse on me um, uh, by which um, that I would have to stay on this planet forever in this in this flesh Boy. state. But I would actually get all my flesh taken out of off of me at this time as well. So this body you're looking at is two thousand years old. But also, I can sometimes summon my this. Um, ghost type of persona but i cannot touch anything i cannot be with anything in this version of myself but i can reverse that curse by marrying a girl with green eyes and then sacrificing her to the demon Shangxi. um uh no 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 eric no um no, no, different guy. Different guy. Though I did, there was a chat from Scooter earlier where he mm. mentioned that in Shanghai, everybody was maitre d's and valets. So that was probably mm. a nod to that. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't like a well-executed. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so, no, Eddie, Eddie Lee is, the, is the, the new guy at Wang's restaurant. Um, and he knows everything about Lopan. But there's a different guy that we meet later who's actually whatever. Um, so uh, so anyway, this is why he needs Miao Yin, um, right. so that he can uh, he can do that thing. Um, but they say mean things to him. At least Jack does. Like, well, come on, you you you've been doing this for two thousand years. You have yet to find a girl with green eyes. You're not looking that hard, Dave. Now I think the sin of um, of calling him David Lopan, even though he is an ancient Chinese god of some kind, is kind of ridiculous. Um, but it's it's almost entirely wiped away every time that that Kurt Russell calls him Dave. Um, it's, uh, yeah, that one I think every time he calls him Dave, uh, like I, I I I'm 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 angry. I'm watching the movie and I get angry every time he's he's called David Lopan because it's not like he came over through Ellis Island and they gave him a name that sounds more palatable to English speakers. He's 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 two thousand years old from China, so his name wouldn't be David. But 
They named him David that, so that he could call. They him Dave. named him David just so <laughs> Kurt Russell could call him Dave, and somehow I'm okay with that. Yeah, no, that's great. <laughs> that's how funny it is every time that Kurt Russell calls him Dave. Um, so, um, so they 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 they're mean to him, uh, and so he says, "Take them away, uh, and and kill them." Basically, uh, so they they're taken away by um, by Thunder. Who is the, the anyway? But also, um, this is where we we see also Egg Shen shows up, who is the Chinatown authority on Lopan. He knows everything about Lopan, says Eddie Lee. I thought you knew everything about Lopan, but it's fine. Um, so anyway, Gracie Law, uh, who works and lives in Chinatown, knows nothing about any of the things that Egg Shen and 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 Uncle Chu were talking about. Um, but uh. So Margo and Eddie and uh, and Gracie Law decide they're gonna go and and because Jack um, and uh, and Wang aren't back. It's, it's like if we're not back by sunrise, call the president. Ha ha ha! Says says Jack. And it's well beyond sunrise, so I guess that's how they're calling the president is just going and seeing for themselves. So they just walk into the front desk and say, we want a tour. Um, and and then the, the security guard's like, no, we're not doing that. And then Storm, the, the Thunder shows up in his not, uh, I should mention, all of these guys can dress up like regular people. Yes. Rain and, but so anyway, Storm in a suit without the crazy hat, he just looks like a regular guy. He shows up, he's like, I can take them on a little tour. They get in the elevator and then gas fills the elevator and they all pass out. But Storm, the Thunder doesn't because he's because he's, 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 he's Thunder. Um, so they uh, they decide to kidnap the women and throw them in cages with a bunch of other women, just because you know they're mean guys. Uh, and Eddie Lee is going to be taken in to the room where uh, where <laughs> Kurt Russell. And Wang are this is where Kurt Russell finally finds out about the legend of Lopan from uh, uh, from Wang. Um, they break out of their 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 wheelchairs, but then get back into them to like fool Thunder, um, and uh, and then uh, Jack Burton has a little knife in his boot. I, when I say boot, you need to know what these boots are. I assumed these boots were. <laughs> Cowboy boots. These boots were cowboy boots that were like pulled up over the jeans. They're not cowboy boots. I don't know what they go all the way up over his calf to like right below the knee. And they they are buckled with like 15 buckles. Like I I don't they, they're almost these, ace freely boots without the platforms. Yes. They they don't exist anywhere in the world. Like the they're entirely unique. No one has ever worn boots like these, like, like in the way that they are, because like they're soft. They're like wrestling boots underneath. They're like soft sole, um, and like there's sneakers on the bottom, and they go all the way. And I don't know what, I don't, I don't know. It's just such an odd thing. But he's he. But you'd think you would want them to be shorter because like you have to reach down really far to get that knife in your boot. Uh, but anyway, he gets a knife out. He's gonna. He's gonna. Um, he jumps on the back of of uh, Thunder 
And he's just, don't make me kill you, pal. And then Thunder just like goes, and he expands himself so fast that he knocks Jack off of his back onto a wheelchair and rolls backwards down a very long ramp uh, and then crashes into like the rim of like this open sewer well and nearly falls into it, but then gets out and he's fine. Um, Falling into the sewer well. My God. Um, up there with the Mac and me. See, they they get um, they get uh, weapons. They get guns from whom I'm not really sure. They oh they lock they lock Thunder in in the room, but he's able to break out of it. But not before they were able to. They're all trying to escape, and they need to they need to go and rescue the girls. Um, Margot has her little notepad, and she's writing the story, like um, uh, strange. And yet, all at once, so frightening. Like, she's writing the thing. She's just having a, a blast. Meanwhile, Gracie is hogtied. Like, she's, she's like, face down with her hands behind her back and her wrists tied to her ankles that are then pulled up so that she's, like, only able to do this. And she's gagged. And she's in the... the and Margot's like, anyway, then... like, And so she's fine. No, nobody cares about Margot. But, like, we got a hogtie, Gracie. This whole thing of them going, uh, of trying to escape, to get up to the surface level, to try and rescue the girls so they can get out of here. Um, and uh, this is where there's a big fight scene where, um, where Jack, uh, oh, first one, Jack shoots a guy because the guy's yeah, trying to kill Wang. And then Eddie's like, uh, and Jack's like, because oh, Jack's never killed a guy before. And and um, Eddie says, "Is that your first time uh, plugging a guy?" Plugging, he says. And um, he says, "No, nah, of course not." Um, so he's he's his his little bravado, his false machismo starting to show. But also, Eddie, you've killed lots of people. You're the new Mater D. Is that like a, a prerequisite to getting the job? Showing people to their tables at the Chinese food place. Is he killed a lot of people the way he's your first time plugging a guy? Um, uh, which is why, again, so much better if Eddie is an ex-cop. I'm sorry. I'm going to keep going back to that well. That or well that we almost he... fell a well a wheelchair into. That well is so deep that could be an ex-cop, but instead he's a new Mater D. It could. He could also have left, quote unquote, that life too. Like he was involved but got out. Would be really right. fun. Which would be awesome also to give us one line of dialogue that tells us anything of that. Correct. Because then also, um, after, uh, oh, okay. So <clears throat> later, Eddie, we, we see he's okay in a fight, but not really great. Like, you're not really good at all. So it doesn't feel like he was like, used to be an assassin for the triads right. or yeah. something. Like, he's just a guy. Um, but um, when, when Jack runs out of bullets later, trying to f- face everybody, um, he goes for his knife and tries to whip it out of his boot, but then accidentally flings it off into the corner somewhere <laughs> and he has to go find it. And when he finally does find it, uh, he comes back and Wang has kicked like 12 guys asses and the look on his face is like, Oh, you could have saved one for me. Like he was really upset that he didn't actually get Aww. to do anything. Um, uh, but they're able to actually rescue the girls. Um, 
this is where uh, Wang and Eddie Lee, the two of them, face off against uh, three female ninjas. Just cause I don't really know why. It doesn't seem like this. Like the Wong King are um, the Wong King would be like equal opportunity employers. Like they seem very sexist in that every woman that they kidnap goes directly into the, we're going to resell you into sex slavery cages. But also, have you met Tina and Debbie? Uh, There's a new hires here at the Wong King. They're They'll feminists. Be working. I like yeah, they're, def- they're definitely feminists. Yeah, well, sure. a lot of time women got used as like fronts for that though, right? So yeah. like kind of yeah. help. Yeah. Uh, uh, meet Norma says, hi buddies, meet, love you. I'm currently wearing a Pork Chop Express t-shirt for the occasion. <laughs> we appreciate you. Thank you for the um, chat. So <clears throat> they are able to get, they dive into like, they they get out, they um, are running from the Wong King down a bunch of steps into a broom that just has a giant pool of water in it. And they all dive in, um, and they, they're fine. All the all the other girls that they free, they're okay. They get out, um, except for Kim Cattrall is at the end of this little culvert, and she keeps pulling people up and saying, uh, "It's Wang." And she pulls up Wang. She says, "Where's Margot? I don't know." She flies off. Margot comes up. Hey, where's Eddie? I'm not sure. Margot goes on. Hey, and there's Eddie. Hey, where's Jack? I don't know. Jack, 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 where are you? And then Jack surfaces. Uh, Jack, it's you. Oh, thank God. And he plants a big kiss on her and says, Hey, what'd you do that for? <clears throat> I think really the greatest sin this movie commits is casting Kim Cattrall and then asking her to act this way. It's because so weird. It's... It's not just weird. Like it's, I keep saying the way, the way I describe it, it's off-putting. Yeah. She just doesn't, the way that she's playing the character doesn't, do I believe that Kim Cattrall could have played a character that fit in this movie? Absolutely. They are asking her to play this character as written the way that they've written her dialogue to not be a person that it, it, it really does feel like she isn't like some kind of cyborg or Android or something, the way that she has written it feels like somebody took data from the next Star Trek yeah. Next Generation and then wrote some dialogue for him to say. It's so very artificial. Weird. It's it's very yeah. weird and it it really ruins we're trying to buy into these scenes already, right? Like it, yeah. it really ruins it as a whole other layer. Yeah. Um as they're they finally have got to the front of the building. Okay. <sighs> And um, okay, we're just gonna walk out. We're just gonna run past the front the front desk because Egg, Egg Shen, mm-hmm. uh, the foremost authority on Lopan, who we saw earlier saying, "Don't you say bad things about Jack Burton." He's got his tour bus because he also runs a tour bus. We find out later he's also a thousand year old wizard, but he runs a tour bus um, in in uh, in Chinatown. So. Um, He's outside. We're just going to run and jump on his bus and we're going to drive away. <clears throat> I'm going to lead these people, says Jack. Gracie, you bring up the rear, right? Think you could handle that? So we're all leaving. 
and everyone runs out in a single file line through this door. But Gracie stops and looks at a statue who we've seen eyes appear in the eyes of the statue, realize, and then look back and forth like it's a Scooby-Doo movie. So she stops and looks at the eyes. I don't know why she does this. And then the, the statue moves aside and a giant orange hairy arm grabs her and pulls her in. Um, everyone is able to escape, even though there are a lot of security guards with AK-47s shooting at the bus. They somehow miss the fuel line, thank God, and everyone who's in the bus, and they drive away. Um, Miao Yin has not been found or rescued, and Wang, and Wang is very, very upset by this. And now they've also lost Gracie, who's been kidnapped by Orangutan Bigfoot? Like it would seem so, yes. Like a orang- orangutan Bigfoot, I guess. Like is the, the easiest way I have to describe it. It's orangutan Bigfoot, and orangutan Bigfoot kind of looks Bigfoot, like one of those cricket wireless mascots or something. Well, yeah, but like deliberately much scarier than that. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah. it's like a little weird. So, 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 so the orangutan Bigfoot carries her over to where she's uh, dropped in front of uh, no flesh face, two thousand year old David Lopan. Right. Um, who notices that she has green eyes? Green eyes. Uh, so now he's got two girls with green eyes, and so now he's very he's very happy about this. But she says, "Take me to David Lopan. Every all of you here, take me to David Lopan. I want to speak to David Lopan." Uh, and uh, in a very off-putting way, and uh, he just laughs at her. He never says, "Oh, by the way, I'm David Lopan." Um, so. Uh, we don't see. Also, I don't the, think that's how being captured works. That's so weird. Like, to, like I, dem- I demand to speak to the manager. Yeah, you don't get to no. care in your way out of it. No, capture. sorry, no. Um. So this is where I should. Uh, this is where um, they. She is shown Mao Yin, who's floating in midair. She's levitating, um, asleep. Hey. Wake up. Are you okay? Are you Miao Yin? I want to talk to you because I can't shut up about things. I'm Kim Cattrall in this movie. And then Ghost Lopan shows up, apparently like gets her under a spell just by like talking to her. Um, and then he breathes light on her. And then uh, later we see her entirely uh, she's she and Miao Yin are at the end of a, a a big hallway full with like ancient Chinese sculptures. And um, then the three guys in the movie, the storms, they come out and do martial arts at them. While Wong, while, while David Lopan watches while ghost Lopan watches. And at the end, they, they grab some swords and they hold them up at the sky. um, And then they float up. And then there's a, a, a sculpture in the ceiling and the sculpture, like their eyes glow in the sculpture. And David Lopan's really excited about this. And no matter how many times I watch the scene, I will not know what happened. I had to go to like a, like a wiki on big trouble in little China that, dis- that tells me what this is about. This is a test that every girl who Lopan finds must pass the test to be considered worthy to marry him so that he can then sacrifice. 
this is these are not the first women who have been brought before him who have green eyes they are the first to pass the test i guess the test is that like when they grab the swords the swords don't kill them because the swords are electrified by the lightning guy i guess right um and uh um so anyway they must be pure of heart or not have green contacts or something yeah i don't know it's it's a very weird i don't know but but the scene is incredibly out of context which is how i watched it because i had no idea what was going on it is the funniest thing to watch thunder come out shirtless and go and the girls are just standing there like comatose looking at him when you said do martial arts at them, that's the perfect description. They're doing then, martial like, arts at them. And and then and then like lightning does some stuff and rain does some fancy stuff with swords and then hands the swords to them and then they take the swords and they hold them up over their heads. And David Lopan is like, Yes, yes. And I'm like, why? What what? It's it's so funny to watch out of context. It really it's is. So funny. It doesn't, like, it's so weird. This is what I should say. Kate, about three weeks ago, three, maybe three weeks ago, we watched a movie that had an inexplicable samurai in it. We sure did. Um, That inexplicable samurai is played by Peter Kwong, uh, who plays Rain in this movie. Um uh, and he has the same hair in this movie. That must be his actual hair. A very long samurai bun, like hair pulled way back. Um, Which one came out first? Sa- uh, this one did by about okay. nine years. So like this one, the, yeah, the, the, he, yeah. So there's that. Also, um, one of the main reasons they rushed this into production was because uh, a different studio had a movie they deemed too similar. And they wanted to get this one out first. The other movie is uh, The Golden Child with Eddie Murphy, which is an infinitely better movie than this. Um, I'm sorry, it is. And uh, Peter Kwong is also in that. Uh, he, he plays a, a martial artist in that movie as well. Uh, without the, the Golden Child uh, makes sense. The Golden Child. The Golden Child does an awesome job of explaining everything to you, and it never feels like you're being explained to. Or talk down to. It just tells you as the movie goes along. Because Eddie Murphy is the guy who is the fish out of water. And keeps asking what the hell is going on. And it's crazy. Because the people who he asks tell him. And it's just an amazing thing. I don't know. It's so odd. Um, so um, so anyway, he's, de- he's decided. Uh, Lopan has. That he's going to marry both of them. I will take them both for my wife. Um, and uh, <laughs> Eric Fried. Uh, Eric Fried says, this is fantastic. These are live every Friday. Yes. They are now. They yeah. are live every Friday at noon Eastern every Friday. Yes. Thank you, Eric. I, I appreciate that you guys are you're here. So anyway. Um, so the plan is to marry them both and then sacrifice Gracie. She's got green eyes too, by the way. Um, and sacrifice Gracie and then stay married to Miao Yin so he can like 
have the best of both worlds, you know? Now I will be able to be young again in my actual um, human form, which means I'll be able to knock the boots with Miao Yin, which is something I've been wanting to do for like 2,000 years. It's been a, That's a long dry spell. Like that's a that long is. dry spell. That yeah. is. You have not gotten laid in a while. Yeah. Uh, I also was like... I want the knife. I love the golden child. Love it. Um, I also was like, good call. I would also kill Kim Cattrall in this movie. That would be who I sacrificed because she yes. has yes. done nothing to elicit emotional attachment the entire time. So I would also make the same call. Right. Um. So while all of this is happening, um, <laughs> Wang and Jack have decided we're going to go back in to, to rescue the gals. Um, but it does feel like um, the same... feels like the movie happens twice. Yes. We're going to go in to rescue this girl into this place. Um, whoops. We not only did not rescue the first gal, we lost a second gal. Now we got to go back in again with a different group of people into the same place to do it again. And it does feel like it happens twice. Um, but Egg Shen's going to come with them and a bunch of the guys from the Changxi, not Changxi, Sing, Sing, Chang Sing, Chang Sing. Yeah, whatever. The guys in the black, but with gold headbands. Gold headbands. Not the guys in the black with the with red, the red headbands. headbands. Guess what you could have done? Made one of them not black because... Not everybody wears headbands, so occasionally it gets very confusing. Either make everybody wear really, really big hats that are one color, because some of them just wear, well, some wear turbans, some of them wear little little headbands, Headbands, some wear bandanas, some of them don't wear anything at all. And they're just like, hey, one guy wearing a full black, uh, like, karate gi versus another guy wearing a full black karate gi. And I'm like, I'm supposed to know which one of them is the good guy because neither of them are wearing headbands. Could you just not get enough headbands? We're like, did you call the headbands are us? And they're or like, we we can get you three dozen headbands, you don't but we can't get you four. Yeah. yeah, honestly, one of them all in red, one of them all in gold. That's it. Done. Apparently, they couldn't get uh, red and gold geese. I don't know. No. Um. So. Uh, <sighs> Um, Egg Shen knows everything about Lopan and has brought like um, certain weapons and uh, a, a like a a, a a a sheep's bladder full of um, one of those leather things. That's what they're made out of a sheep bladder, but like it's uh, one of those little leather things. It's full of full of beverage. It's a it's a magic potion. Hey, hey what's in, what's in there? Uh, magic potion. Uh, thought so. Uh, we're gonna get drink it. Yes, thought so. So, so that's nice. They like that. To Jack making wild guesses, and they turn out to be true. So they take the magic potion when they finally get all the way inside. By the way, they go through a warehouse owned by Egg Shen underneath because they can't go to the front door anymore. They have to go from underneath and come up. Um, they uh no, they don't find anybody to fight because everyone's getting ready for Lopan's wedding. Right. That's which is a nice little detail. Um so they take all the they they take the 
the the, the potion. <clears throat> as far as I can tell, it just makes them feel better about themselves. It's like a, the potion... a little confidence. A little, yeah, a little, little uh, magic confidence it's potion. A, it's, it's a confidence boost. It's like <laughs> they just... They took a five-hour energy that makes you feel rad. Like, <laughs> like it's there's nothing else. There's there, it doesn't like make you invulnerable to bullets or there's nothing about it that is magic except it makes you feel good. So they could have like just done a few shots of whiskey, like you know. What I, mean? sure. like, I, don't know. I was gonna say that's how I feel after coffee. It's just like there you feeling, go. Feeling well, that's right. But anyway, it's uh, they they drink it and they go in there and they come across what they say is a guardian. It is a floating head full of eyes and it is as 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 80s as special effects gets oh delicious uh it's like it's a clay it's a floating claymation head um and like oh whatever it sees david lopan sees and so then david lopan starts speaking through it at egg shen you are too late egg shen you have always tried to to disrupt me and like so this is where we find out that Egg Shan apparently has been fighting David Lopan for thousands, thousands of years. Um, um, and uh, so they're able to, to, to get into the thing and, and stop the wedding or try to. They're reading some, some weird incantation during the wedding that allows him to become more flesh and blood. The reason that the way he can figure this out is that He's a. It's his, he's in the ghost form, and his fingertips start bleeding, which I guess is like he's not a he's not a diabetic, so that's ruled out. But like this is this is how this is how he finds out that he's he's coming back to life, becoming real. Um, there's a huge fight scene. Wang um, defeats the God of Rain just in hand to hand combat. He's a dude who runs a restaurant and he, he defeats the <laughs> God of rain in hand to hand combat because of course he does. Um, and, uh, um, uh, and then, uh, uh, <laughs> um, Jack is reunited with, with Gracie who comes out of her trance. Um, There's a huge fight scene with everybody getting involved. Egg Shen like throws a, a magical rocket launcher thing at, at, at David Lopan, which misses. Um, uh, this is a big fight scene with everybody, ha- everything happening. Um, and uh, and then Jack follows Lopan, who's taken Miao Yin with him. At some point in this last scene, the the orangutan guy shows up again, but then gets like buried under some rubble. I think. I don't know. It's like, and this is fine. This is a fun little big, uh, you know, there's guys fighting on wires and stuff. It's fun. It's, it's a fun little scene. It's, it's, it is. It, and not just because orangutans are in it. Correct. But like, yeah. The whole scene um, is stuff. But it is, it is, it's, it's, it's fun. Um, this is where we see, um, Jack catch up to Lopan, who is now in his younger self, but not a ghost anymore. Now he's alive. He's mortal. He does say, I'm mortal. 
and he's really excited about it. Usually in these movies, it's guys who are really excited about becoming immortal, but not him. He's been there, done that, doesn't like it. Now he wants to be mortal. So, um, uh, they, he catches up to him and he's decided he's going to try and kill the bad guy with the knife from his boot. And and he he throws it and it misses. It just misses. It's just it just misses. Um, and uh, and so uh, David Lopan picks it up and looks at it. And says, "This is a very nice nice knife, Mister Burton. Goodbye, Mister Burton." And he throws it at him. And this is the best thing in the whole movie. They paid off the ridiculous reflexes thing. Yes, they did. Because just Jack reaches up, catches it in the same spot he catches before the the bottle, catches it, throws it back at him, hits him right in the middle of the forehead, <laughs> and kills this 2,000-year-old being instantly. And then Jack gets to say, it's all in the reflexes. Uh, then he gets to make out with Kim Cattrall. Of course. Um, and uh, And then... Uh, everyone, everyone's happy because oh oh I forgot also, uh, Thunder finds out because he see, he he tracks them down because he's fighting with um with Wang into the same room sees David Lopan dead and apparently the re the reason that he ex- expands is when he gets angry he's so angry that his master David Lopan is dead that he expands so rapidly and so violently that he explodes. Um, he goes boom. Uh, it it does look a lot like that scene in the Monty Python movie. Uh, just, just, um, Fuck off! I'm full, but sir, it is only worth a thin. Um, and so the guy, the guy, one too one too many wafer than mints, and then he uh, he died. He exploded. Um, meanwhile, lightning is still coming after everybody. Um, and eventually, lightning. Uh, gets crushed or something whatever doesn't matter none of this matters because they won and they get out and they 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 all go together um they'll go back to the thing they're fine um and then jack's like i got my truck back because he does he gets his truck back of course. um and uh he's got his money because wang pays him off um and uh and then he's he's gonna leave. He's gonna go back on the road because the road is my home. Um, and uh, and then Margot is there. Um, oh, by the way, it's implied Margot and Eddie Lee are gonna get together because why not? Of um, course, everybody has to get paired up at the end, right? Um, uh, and she, Margot says, "Aren't you even gonna kiss her goodbye?" He she says of Kim Cattrall to Kurt Russell, and Kurt Russell stops, looks over Kim Cattrall and says, no. And he leaves. And I'm like, that is the (laughs) just the most Han Solo shit of of (laughs) like, um, I love you, I know. Um, Like, I'm gonna make her uh, uh, think about me while I'm gone. Um, But like, why just because just because you get to be like you know the guy who gets to do the thing to the girl but whatever and uh and <laughs> um he just drives off again 
back on the road, becoming a podcast bro from the ca- from the cab of his okay. truck. Except it's not it because then coming out of the the engine part of his truck is orangutan Bigfoot who smiles at the camera, who stowed away apparently. And this movie, again, another one, thought it was going to be a huge thing and we're going to have multiple sequels in which it's just going to be, here's what I wish they would have done. I, They never would have done this and it would only have been for me. Did you ever see Every Which Way But Loose? No. No. It's it's Clint Eastwood. Um, He is a... um, He's a truck driver, and uh, by the end of the movie, he get he is he is one of the things I guess he ferries in the truck at some point. It's been a long time since I've seen this. Is an orangutan who becomes his little sidekick in a little action comedy, and by the end, like, um, they 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 they're like a paired up and they're like best friends. And there's a second movie for that called Every Which Way You Can, where it's just Clint Eastwood. This is. 1970s Clint Eastwood, and uh, he's he's going around with an orangutan. So what I wish they would have done in the sequel is just made every which way but loose with Kurt Russell as Clint Eastwood <laughs> and orangutan Bigfoot as the baby orangutan, and just had him go off on adventures across the world. Perfect. Um. Uh. Yeah. I. Yeah. That would have been. That would have been fun. Uh. But no, there was no sequel. Because the movie uh, was panned by critics, and nobody saw it, and uh, and yeah, it's 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 got a seven point two rating on IMDb. I thought it would have been higher, but um, also if you go into like uh, reviews of of the movie on IMDb by like regular people, um, anything that's approaching like a bad review. You know how they'll, they'll have like a thing, uh, blank out of so many people found this helpful? Yeah. It's like zero out of nine people found it helpful that you gave it a five out of ten. So people are going in there who love this movie and like saying, you're not allowed to have this opinion. <laughs> and they're just like, they're making, they're making, you're not allowed to say bad things about a movie I love. Um, and if that's the case, then I'm sorry that I've. Um, I will say the things this movie does well are very good. None of them are great, but are very good. Um, uh, the things this movie does poorly are awful to me. So like, it's so hard with a movie like this because I wanted this to be great. I I expected it to at least be good. Like, yeah, based on like everything that's out there about it, I thought I mean, it was gonna like, be a lot better than it was. Yeah, like again, I remember I must have seen it in my preteen years. That that would have been the only time I would have seen it. And um uh it's it's so weird. Like um that like that there are I know there are a lot of things that I watched when I was younger. Uh, that I would say this was great. This was this is to me cinema, um, and now I can look back on them and say, yeah, it's not a great movie, but I still have a really soft spot in my heart for it because I loved it so much when I was a kid. 
and I won't like throw down over on it over over opinions I had when my brain hadn't formed yet. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, uh, that that yeah. So it's it's weird that again there are some really good aspects of this movie, but I and I I think you're right. I think a lot of it is that it's not supposed to make sense. And you, the audience, are supposed to be okay with that. And if I was the kind of person who could be, I think I would have liked this movie a lot more. But I'm, I'm, I'm not. I just can't be the person who goes, goes along with it, and says, "Yeah, no, who cares? It's all, a, it's just Chinese magic. Who, ca- who cares? And it's not even that that it that it matters. It's just the fact that nobody, people, steadfastly refuse." to explain this what's going on it's just maddening to me i'm sorry uh uh it is it is yeah i i i i will say if you can watch a movie and turn your brain off and just watch and just have fun if you can do that then i wholeheartedly recommend this movie but for me get the flick out for me I'm very torn on this one because it's fundamentally not a good movie. And there are so many things that it misses that do take me out of it. Um, another symptom of like not knowing what it wanted to be, it felt like. Like it feels so much like they were just doing too much of... It's a satire, but it's not. And it's wacky, but it's not wacky in a functional framework. It's, it is tough in that regard. Um, the fight scenes are real fun. Some of the acting yeah. performances are are really good in it. Like I, I think I, thought- Den- I think Dennis Dunn plays Wang great. great. He's really really good. I think Jack. I think I think Jack Burton is an interesting character, especially that they make him at one point he fires a gun <laughs> into the ceiling to like start a big battle, and a chunk of the ceiling falls and hits him on the head, and he's absent from sixty percent of the thing because he's been knocked <laughs> unconscious by his own. Like gung ho machismo, yeah. like that's a fun, that's a cool way of turning a trope on its head. Because again, this guy isn't supposed to be Rambo. He thinks he's Rambo, but he's just a truck driver. And right. I think that's a really fun character. I just wish that they would have done anything to like make the rest of it make sense. Yeah, the framework you know doesn't I mean? work like as a movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um. It was like a fun enough watch that I'll I'll keep it in, but with the caveat of like it's I I will say I feel like for the cult classics, it's overrated as a cult classic. Like there are some cult classics that you're like, no, the critics missed it, or like um, you know, the room was so bad that it had me in stitches. This is this isn't like this isn't the room. Because it's not, it's actually, like, John Carpenter's a, an excellent filmmaker. Um, Kurt Russell's a, a bona fide movie star. Like, there's some really cool kung fu stuff in here. Uh, some of the effects actually look pretty good. Not all of them, but some of them look pretty good. Um, it's, a, it's a fun movie. I love how, like, every, like, uh, actor of Chinese descent in Hollywood was given a part in this movie. Like, it's yeah. just huge there's all these people you will watch in the in the film um who are uh you can spot uh oh that guy that guy's got a very unique look as as a 
Mm-hmm. Um, as an Asian guy in fight scenes, I sp- that guy's in that. This guy's in Lethal Weapon. That guy's in that thing. And all these other places, all these things. And so it's kind of cool they all got put together in this movie. That all being said, like you just needed to like have somebody who could see these little flaws come in and rewrite, just put in a couple of words well, there, of dialogue of to make sense. Like, uh, well, yeah, but like- A lot of them are swings and misses. Like you you do fixate on small stuff, but there's a lot of big stuff that's missing here. Like a lot uh, of Like the, the, the choice to have Kim Cattrall's character be written this way and performed this way, I think is one of the bigger problems. In it the kills movie. so much momentum over and it, over it, and over again. It it really it really does. This feels um, long. Like the first thirty minutes had me like in, yeah. and then it really it does start to just fall off a cliff because so much of it gets very nonsensical. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I I will say like. I, I I think my it's weird because my expectations were that it was going to be good, but my expectations for the actual viewing experience were pretty low. So I I, I expected it to exceed my expectations, which were low, <laughs> which is which is a weird thing. So I think I just kind of like surface level felt like I watched what I was signing up for in a way, but it mm-hmm. the way people talk about it, I think a lot of people overrate. Like yeah. Golden Child, I do remember watching, and that does blow this out of the water. Yeah, like, it's a lot. It's, and and like there are certain aspects of this movie that are I think that I think that Jack Burton, the, the the character, actually, that they had done a little bit more of that with the Chandler Chandler Gerald character from 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 uh uh Golden Child would have been better because it was Eddie Murphy was just like, no, no, no. I'm a guy um, who finds missing kids, but I'm also a ninja. And I'm like, no, you're not. You're just a guy who finds missing kids. <laughs> um, it's fun, but if they had done a little bit more of like self-deprecating to him, it might have been better. What I'm saying is like, I think that this movie is just not for me. Because the Big Trouble Lunch is just not for me because of the narrative missteps that it takes and just not explaining it. That's a thing that I have. Um, I, I I will get it out of there for me, but I will keep it in for almost every other person who doesn't have my own OCD. In the zeitgeist. Yeah. That's fair. That's my thing. Um, I do love this thing from, from Beep Boop. My brain just ignores all this stuff. Then I watch people like Alex pointing out all the problems. I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess, huh? <laughs> which is, yeah. which is, I'll, I'll, listen, I'm not telling, I don't, this is, I, 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 I forget who I'm stealing this from, but somebody said this. I'm not telling you what to think. I'm asking you if you would like to think maybe about this in a different way. And like, this is the thing is like, I, 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 I'm trying to think of it like everybody else thinks of it when I watch the movie and then my brain just won't shut off. So <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, yeah. That's what it is. Um, <clears throat> uh, yeah. Go ahead, tune in, tune in again next week. Um, at, at, at noon Eastern. We'll do another one of these. Uh, it should be a lot of fun. I won't give it away yet, but we do know what we're going to review. It should be a lot of fun. Um, uh, yeah, so keep keep an eye out for that next week. Thank you, everybody, for being here. I'm, I'm sorry if I ruin one of your favorite movies. I promise you. <laughs> it, it won't be the last time I do that, and I, I apologize in advance, 
Um, but uh, until then, until next next week, uh, next week we'll have to tune back in and find out whether or not we are going to get the flick out of here. Bye, everybody, and have a great weekend. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Click the subscribe button and find out what it means to me. Nah, that doesn't have a ring to it. But if you like videos about real news stories that are funny, stupid, or weird, subscribe now.